Episode 13 of the Four Feathers Podcast. I'm Johnny Nani. I'm joined by Ron Luce, Tony Marchese, and Tyler Jones finally rejoining us. Uh-huh. Uh, very hockey holidays to you guys. And to you as well. Likewise to you as well, sir. Yeah. And to all a good night. <laughs> We're you just guys getting get started any, uh, get, You guys get any uh, good Blackhawk stuff or hockey-related items? Ron, I know you were showing us something before. Yeah, I got a got a desktop hockey game. So clearly, Santa Claus does not want me to be productive at work. And um, also got a Brent Seabrook Winter Classic jersey that I will be wearing on New Year's Day uh, to the big game. So I'm very excited about that. Nice, Ty. I heard you uh, got a little something special, Blackhawks related yeah. as well. Well, we got some uh, nice, you know, the good old Winter Classic tickets. So. Me and my girlfriend will be headed out to the Winter Classic and uh, tailgating beforehand. So that'll be a good time, and uh, we'll see what happens over there in South Bend. Yeah, that's good stuff. Definitely have to crack them beforehand. Um, we're on Instagram now, Four Feathers Pod. Follow it there. So uh, those guys will be posting live updates from the Winter Classic on there and on the Twitter page. So uh, I'll definitely keep you covered on the Winter Classic when that comes up. Uh, Tony. You sounded a little bit better, um, so it wasn't necessarily hockey-related, but podcast-related, and we talk about hockey on the podcast. Uh, what did you get there? Uh, yeah, so my lovely wife, um, who puts up with these podcasts that go late into the night while I you know, have a few alcoholic beverages and, and talk real loud, uh, bought me a brand-new microphone uh, to do these on, so uh, shout-out her. Um, that's not the only thing. My parents also did get me a nice Blackhawk sweater. Um, not, not a Jersey, but an actual sweater, uh, that I can wear and be presentable. As my mother said, uh, you always wear, you know, sports related clothes. You need to have nice sports related clothes so that you can go to nice events. I wore it on Christmas Eve. Uh, I did show up to Christmas day in a, in a white Sox t-shirt. So, um, I don't, I, she, she gave me looks for that one, but, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> the microphone's nice. I, I hope I sound good. Um, voice is a little out today. I think we're all feeling a little holiday, post-holiday sickness, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, both, uh, both of you were blowing your nose before we started this, and uh, and Tyler just woke up. So, I did. <laughs> yep, uh, we're all a little bit. You know, it's that time of the year. Got the cold. Um, I blame my family members who were sick at Christmas, but. Um, now, uh, shit just spreads like that this time of year, and the weather's kind of up in the air. So we're still bringing you an episode, though. We're all here. Um, finally, yeah, four feathers. We've been rolling three, what, the past two episodes, I think? So good to have everyone back. Um, all right, let's get into it. Hawks won a uh, big game tonight. First one back from the holiday break. Uh, they beat the Wild 5-2. Patrick Kane, knighted a hat trick. Um, Colin Dahlia made 46 stops 
on 48 shots. So what did you guys see tonight that you liked? Well, that was actually a fun hockey game to watch for the first time in God knows how long. I mean, well, they've played well over this last stretch, but uh, this is actually the first one that I really enjoyed. I think I think there's always something about beating Minnesota, Johnny, that uh, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't uh, look away from. But, um, you know, Kaner obviously came to play tonight. Um, another hat trick for him. He's had plenty of those in his career. Uh, but it's always good to see him on the board. 20 goals so far. Uh, we're not even to the halfway mark. Uh, if you told me that Patrick Kane uh, was going to have 20 goals so far this year and that uh, you'd get uh, a goalie making 46 saves in a game, uh, you would think this team's doing a little bit better than they are. Uh, you like to see what they're what they're doing uh, this past week or so, but uh, if you're if you're focusing on tonight, uh, there were a few things that also uh, were a little suspect. I don't know about you guys, but Keith looked a little slower than normal tonight um there was an errant pass that he made i think i want to say it was in the second period or late first on a power play that led to a chance uh the other way for minnesota i did not like seeing that out of keith uh it kind of just seemed like a like a bad a bad lapse in judgment there on on that pass but um delia stopped it uh got away from uh from giving up a shorty there uh but the power play uh you'd like to see more improvement there too uh, but other than that, you can't argue with the result. Yeah, I, I think another big bright spot that I enjoyed too was uh, Brandon Saad netting two goals tonight as well. Taves had himself a good night. Um, Cahoon looked better. I think he's kind of coming back around now that he's been playing up on the top line again. Um, oddly, really kind of like Anisimov on the wing with Stroman Kane. I, I just think they kind of gel well together. I think the big bodies kind of help Kane, um, gives him more chances to kind of be the playmaker without having to worry about uh, going in the corners. You know, I feel like we saw that a lot when DeBrinket was on that left wing spot. You know, Kane and Strom were going into the corners, um, where now Anisimov and Strom can kind of do all the dirty work, and Kane can just play his game and be the playmaker that he is. Um, Dylan Strom looked good again. He's still winning draws. I think he plays better at center. I know there was a little stretch there when he was cold for a while that he was playing the wing, um, which is it's just really weird to say because the guy that we traded f- to get him was the complete opposite. It was like, oh, he looks okay on the wing, and then we throw him back at center, and he looks like dog shit. So um, it's a nice, pleasant surprise because I feel like we've never, ever had enough center depth depth in Chicago during that run. Um, you know, I mean, there's really never been a, a second elite center uh, in Chicago behind Taves since he's been here. And it looks like Strom has the ability, maybe not necessarily to be elite, but at least to be very good. So those are some things I'm pretty encouraged about. That uh, trade, Ron, that trade, I, it it's actually paying dividends, I think, because Anisimov taking him out of that center role, like you said earlier, and bringing a guy like Strom in, uh, I think you hit it on the head there, um, and I want you to focus on that a little bit more because I think you're onto something with that. It's a, it's kind of a new reprised role for Anisimov, and he's really actually looked good since since taking that. Yeah, and I think it's going to give him more opportunity to be involved in the play. I feel like every time he was playing center, a they were chasing because he can't win a draw, um, but b it, it kind of it, you know he was using his body, but it was only really on the power play. And that was when he was out in front. I mean, now I feel like he's going to have more opportunity on the wing to kind of go into the corners a little more, maybe get some more chances from the slot. 
Um, maybe just get more assists. I mean, last year he had, what, 24 points and 22 of those were goals or something like that. So, I mean, you know, he... I think it's going to give him a better opportunity. Strom looks great in the dot. I think that's the the biggest applause that I would say out of the trade is there's finally another center on this team that can take draws besides Taves consistently. You know, Kruger's hurt right now, so he's kind of out of the picture. And, I mean, Strom has been hovering right around that, you know, 60% mark, um, you know, on the south side of it. But uh, nonetheless, on that side of the the 50% mark. So, um, yeah, I, I really like that line. I think to bring it plus, um, you know, camp, I think camp is coming around. I know Nani hates me saying that, but he's been playing a lot better as of late. No, he has um, been better. I'll, I'll give him credit where it's due. He definitely yeah, he's, playing better. he's looked good. He looks confident. And I think, I think that that comes with kind of that, uh, you know, the rapport with, with Colleton, uh, but him and to it, it kind of sparked a little bit of chemistry. Uh, their wing on that right side has been kind of rotating. Sakura had a, an audition there for a couple games tonight. It was Perlini. I think Perlini fares better in that role. I think though, if you're going to be playing Sakura down on the fourth line, I think I think he just needs to go back to Rockford so he can play top line minutes. Um, but I like the depth. I think this is the most depth they've had all season. And I think, you know, as much as we give Bowman shit, I will give him some credit here where, you know, he said in that two for one deal. Yeah, sure. You're giving up a guy who's got a high ceiling, who's only 23, but you get two more guys that are 22, 23. And now all of a sudden you have depth up and down your lineup. So, and ever since that trade, they've been playing better. I mean, it may be a day late, a dollar short, just because of how terrible they were for that stretch for you know the beginning of the Carlton era. But um, you're at least seeing, I think, a glimpse into the future of what this team can be, given the the cast that's already there. And uh, thinking about what's on the horizon, I think we'll we'll touch a bit on that later. Um, you know, under Colleton, I think I think there is actually something to be somewhat excited about. It's not just going to be doom and gloom for the next five years. So. Yeah, you had mentioned about the trade there, and I think it's working out fine for both uh, both guys, Nick Schmaltz and Dylan Strom. Uh, Perlini still, you got to give him a little time. I think he'll come around. Um, he's got the tools to do so, be an effective player here. But uh, for Strom, I mean, the points per game is way up from his time in Arizona. He's getting more opportunity, averaging almost two and a half more minutes uh, per night. So I think it's working out well for both. I know Nick Schmaltz has been scoring a few more goals down in Arizona. So um, good for him. But you know what? I'm glad we got two NHL forwards out of the deal. And I think it does, like, you can't quantify this on paper. Look at the stats, look at numbers, whatever. But I think it makes a difference. Uh, Strom playing with one of his best friends in Dabrinkit. So mm-hmm. even if they're not on the same line, just you know, being around each other, like they showed a clip in the pregame show of road to the winter classic where they're playing, you know, NHL on their TV and taking the brink its dog for a walk and whatever it is. It just, you know, if you're in a better state of mind, then it's going to help your confidence on the ice. Agreed. Ty, I want to hear your beautiful voice. Tell us yeah, what, that's you what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, the last couple games. I didn't get to watch this game and it seemed like a really fucking fun one to watch, but, um, you know, I like uh, I like I look back at some of the highlights, and you know, you like to see Kane fucking rip those one timers, and kind of what you guys were saying, get an opportunity to play the game that he wants to play, and not be forced to kind of, you know, 
subject himself to the more mundane parts of his game, like kind of going to the corners and making the dirty plays that, you know, he's not terrible at, but when he does that, it's taking away half of his game. Um, you know, other than that, I think uh, I like Delia as the starting position there. I like I like him as a starter as opposed to Ward, even though lately Ward has been better than I think we thought he would be, but still not blowing us away. Um, now, other than that, I mean, I've been high on the Strom deal since it happened. I really like Strom going in. I think he's a big body. And it's great in the fucking dot. And two assists tonight, and you know he's been spreading the points out since we got him. So, all in all, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, those uh, you mentioned uh, the Ward Dahlia thing in there. I kind of want to touch in more into that. Uh, there's a poll on the pregame show. Um, when I was watching, it was who would you rather have the Blackhawks start and not going forward, get like the bulk of the time. And Dahlia came out on top of that. Um, and I, I think I agree with the people who voted in that poll. Um, I mean, now is the time to get this kid some experience. He got his first win on Friday night at Colorado. Um, look good. You know, that's a, the Colorado's top line is the best in hockey, um, you know, the defense did, you know, help them out in front. So it wasn't as abysmal as they had played in front of Crawford for a stretch of games. Um, but Daly is really looking like he's starting to hold his own um, tonight. You know, I gave those numbers earlier, 46 saves. Uh, you know, that's that's huge. So what are, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, Ward Daly uh, situation? Can we talk a little bit about what you kind of brought up there with the the way the team played in front of Crawford? I know we had this in the group yeah. chat. I don't know if we, I don't know if we actually went down that path yet, though. Um, yeah, no, we haven't aired it out. Take so, it for. so this is something that we kind of talked about in in a group chat, um, off air. I, I want to say it was even before our last podcast, though, because it was right when when Crawford went down, um, and I had forgot to bring it up and air this out. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like the way that the Blackhawks played in front of Corey Crawford, it was almost as if they had let Corey Crawford be their savior and not actually the play up to their full potential. And I feel like just because of the, the you know, the Corey Crawford name and, and how he can steal a game, the defense got a little bit, I wouldn't say lazy per se, but I think lazy is almost the best word to, to put in front of that. You see how they played in front of Cam Ward in the beginning of this year, and and guys, uh, it looked like fool. <laughs> it was fool's gold, obviously, with, with uh, what we had in the beginning of the year. But you have to wonder a little bit what it would have been like if if Crawford had been out all the way until December to begin with, because that team was rolling for a while there, and I have a feeling that it it, it was probably due to the fact that they knew Crawford was coming back. They wanted to play good. They thought that they actually had a chance. And then when Crawford came back, they took their foot off the gas because they thought that he was going to fucking carry him. Well, Crawford comes back. He's not the same Crawford as before. And all of a sudden, you start taking the slide, and there's coaching changes and whatnot. And I have a feeling it was more on Corey Crawford. You know, if you look at what the, the record was, and I'm not digging into stats. I'm, I'm just using the eye test here. If you look at this team pre-Crawford this year, you had a really good hockey team. When you had Crawford on the team, you had an abysmal run. And then Crawford goes down, and what are we looking at, guys? We're looking at four out of five 
or maybe four out of six since Crawford's gone down. There, yeah. I mean, that seems like the common denominator when you when you take it all into into consideration. I and and I'm not putting this these losses on Corey Crawford. I'm putting it on the team effort that that the Blackhawks give when Corey Crawford's in net. You look at uh, back like during the, the the Scott Darling runs, I guess you could say, and mm-hmm. during those during those games, the team just seemed to play better in front of Scott Darling than they did Corey Crawford. Nothing against the goalie; it's just the way the team plays and meshes in front of the goaltender. So you know, my I guess I, you might call it a hot take is that even though Corey Cro- well, you never want to wish an injury on a guy, but. I think that Corey Crawford not being in net for the Blackhawks right now is a good thing. Uh, they play better. Yeah, just to tag tag onto that really quick. Um, I think something else that, and this is kind of the anomaly that I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I agree though. Um, I think we've seen that over the last few seasons even is really that, you know, whoever, I mean, last year was, just an absolute shit show it didn't matter who was in that nobody but, wanted to play in front of anton fucking forsberg i wouldn't want to play in front of him either but um well i mean if i was getting an nhl paycheck i wouldn't mind it but um that's beside the point but you know i think and this is something we're not going to be able to test right now because of obviously court crawford being hurt um connor murphy under jeremy colleton guys has actually really improved this defense that's going to be, I'll call that my version of a hot take because he's come back and all of a sudden, like they can actually do things now defensively. They're not giving up. I mean, they're still giving up some bad chances because you have some young guys that are still figuring out how to play. You know, I'd argue Gustafson's still trying to figure out how to play consistently in his own zone. Um, offensively he doesn't need any more you know help he's been great offensively but defensively you know he still has his moments um you know take on that ron but i want to circle back to it i want to talk about potentially using gustafson as a forward so put that on the docket all right um that was it's funny you actually mentioned that what i was talking to couple friends earlier that i was with we were watching the game and one of my buddies mentioned that too talked about playing him on the fourth line wing um but, you know, I think getting Jan Ruda out of there, I think they're just really showing that Jan Ruda being paid $2.3 million was an absolute joke of a mistake. And on top of all that, too, as well, guys are just slotting in better, I think, now. You're seeing these pairings that are kind of starting to gel a little more. You know, the Yoki Haru pairing was gelling well with Keith before he was loaned to Team Finland for the World Juniors. And Gustafson and Keith have looked okay together as well. Uh, Seabrook and Forsling has been an actually okay combination. Um, you know, and, and Murphy and Dahlstrom has been a very, very pleasant surprise as a pair. They've been very good together. And I think they complement each other. Well, both are very big. Both can skate pretty well. You know, both are pretty sound in their own zone. They're not going to give you a ton offensively. Although Connor Murphy all of a sudden learned how to shoot the puck recently, but you know, overall, they're just they're just playing really good, consistent defense, and it's actually a really pleasant surprise to see. Common denominator: Who are the three defensemen you haven't seen since the Hawks have been playing well? Brandon yeah. Davidson, Brandon Manning, Jan Ruda. Get them all the fuck out of here. I like that. I really like what I've seen from Carl Dahlstrom. I know you're talking about Murphy. That helps stabilize things there. He definitely looks, you know. Hey, Nani, uh, did you realize that like, he just used a Suarez right there with the what, get him the fuck you, out of here? Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was, yeah I was, that I'm was, sorry. I was, I was. That was deja vu really, all over for me. 
I was formulating my thought, but no, I just wanted to get, you know, uh, it's basically doubling up on what you said, Ron, but I'm really liking what I see from Dahlstrom and uh, Murphy. Cause when I went to the Hawks pens game back a couple weeks ago, uh, that was one of the first times I've actually seen Dahlstrom play live. And um, he was really impressive played about, I think 1830 something. Uh, and you know, he's going up against some quality scores there. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Phil Kessel, Kenny Malkin, what have you. So, um, yeah, definitely, like you said, Ron, get those other guys the hell out of there. Uh, we don't need to see Brandon uh, Manning, Brandon Davidson, and Nihon um, Ruda. God, he's in Rockford now, but please yeah, don't fuck them. call him back up again. No. Um, fuck them. Yeah. Uh, so speak, you mentioned the name in there, Brandon Davidson. Uh, I just wanted to update shortly on injuries. Uh, both Kruger and Davidson were on the ice before the morning skate today. Uh, both still on IR. Davidson had the knee surgery. Kruger's with the concussion. Um, but, I mean, they were throwing some pucks around and skating a little bit. So, I mean, I guess that's healthy. You know, good to see them healthy. Um, Crawford, still no update on him. So um, I, I really actually first, just read first. that he said that he feels confident that he'll play once the protocol is expired. Did he? I, okay, I didn't see that, but well, that's good because it looked nasty that play. I know we had talked about it on the last show, but that, that looked nasty and that looked like it could have been a career under. So um, that is good to hear because I did not see that before. So thanks for bringing that up, Ty. Hot, um, hot little poll here. Would you guys rather see Corey Crawford or Colin Delia in net for the rest of the year, even if Crawford's healthy? I mean, I think kind of what you were saying before is just this team seems to play better in front of a goaltender that they can't give as much to or rely as much on. It kind of forces their play. And, you know, I wouldn't mind... You know, I, I hate. I would hate to say to trade Crawford and and see some return on it, but if we think that Delia is something that's going to add value to this team and make this team better, then I don't see why we would have a, you know, a goaltender that can get some decent returns sitting on the bench and Corey Crawford. That's where I was going with this. So yeah, Ron and Johnny, I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. Yeah, I, I think along those lines, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of. It's answering the general poll question, I'm not going to answer it directly, and I'll explain why. Um, I think I want to see both of them, and here, and, and this is exactly why. So I want to see both of them because of kind of what we were discussing before we got on air. You know, the first Stanley Cup for the Blackhawks in 2010, uh, Antti Niemi and Cristobal Huey split games in net. It was pretty even. It was like a 42-40 split that season. Um, for Corey Crawford's longevity, I want to see him and Delia split games and truly split games. None of this. He's only going to play back to back bullshit. I want to see, you know, every two games, you know, they're switching or something like that or whatever, whoever ride the hot hand, whatever you got to do. But Corey Crawford's enough of a pro to know that he's put a lot of hard miles on his body and what's best for him in the long run is not playing as many games as he's played over the last eight years. So really I would, I would like to see that happen. Um, long-term thinking for this team because clearly they're not a Stanley Cup contender this season. Um, I, I agree with that notion. On, on I want to see both of them play because I want 
teams to see what Crawford can do with an improved Blackhawks defense in front of him. Because Murphy, Dahlstrom have been improvements over what was there pre his injury. So I want to be able to see what he can do for a little while with those kind of guys in front while also still supporting Delia because Delia is young enough where he can be your goalie of the future. You can get a good six, seven, eight years out of him as your true number one. Um, I want them to audition the shit out of Crawford. And if he plays well in front of an okay Blackhawks defense, imagine one of these teams that has goaltending issues right now that's kind of fringe of the playoffs that knows if they have a good goaltender is going to go far. Oh my goodness! The return you could get for him would be spectacular. Does he like, wave his? Think, does he wave his claws though? That's the question. I think he's only a modified no trade. I would have to. I would have to double check that. He might be in an MC in the late part of the deal, but I know like the early part of his deal, he was a modified no trade where he had to submit like a a ten ten team no trade list or something like that. Um, I think he would if he was given the ability to win. I mean, a lot of these guys are at the tail end of their careers now. Why wouldn't they want another shot at winning? I think it's the same argument for like a Duncan Keith. If somebody came to the Hawks and was like, we really love dunks. We really want him. We think he's going to help us put it, you know, get over that edge. I mean, if you're Duncan Keith, why wouldn't you want a shot at a fourth Stanley cup? That just further cements your place in the hall of fame. You know, you know, I I'm sure he loves Chicago and I'm sure he would tell you that, but uh, these guys want to win. I mean, they're competitors. You know, it's not fun losing. And if they know it's better for the long term of their own career because they get to go and win some more when they have a couple of years left, and in the end, it'll be better for the Hawks too. I, I think they'd be willing to move it. I think it's all given the right situation. You know, they're not going to be able to trade Corey Crawford to a basement team and him be okay with it. But if, let's hypothetically say, uh, trying to think of a team that's like in the playoffs so you're right it's it's modified i'm, I'm yeah. looking at it right now is it modified okay it's, it's modified 10 teams so there's yeah there's a little more flexibility there with him uh to get him moved but even then i i, I don't see why he wouldn't want a shot at being kind of a number one on a competitive team again you know he thrives in that role when this team is competitive why not give him that opportunity so i think it's kind of a double double-edged sword but um I want to see both of them, and then ideally, if if Crow is healthy and Crow proves that he can be worth it at the deadline, somebody is going to pay a king's ransom. Detroit's asking for a first rounder for Jimmy Howard, and I would argue ten times out of ten that Corey Crawford's a significantly better goaltender than Jimmy Howard. So, think you could probably get a first, a prospect, and maybe even a roster player in return for Corey Crawford for because he's got this season and next season. He's not just a one year goaltender. Well, next year's the last year on his deal too, so. Uh, if you're gonna get rid of him for highest value, it would be at the trade deadline this year. Just throwing that out there. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, he's got to prove that he's you know actually serviceable. Yeah, so I agree with Ron in that. That'd probably be my answer too. See both of them. So yeah, if he were to come back, I definitely want to see him play because then we need to get that value back up. Um, prove that he's healthy. Um, that's where I'd stand on it. All right. Um, so World Juniors just started yesterday. Um, Hawks have a number of prospects playing for various uh, teams there. Um, I believe the total is eight. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen the highlights. I've tweeted some of them out from uh, the Four Feathers account. Um, but 
Mackenzie Entwistle, he's looking good for Canada. Uh, Philip Kershev had himself a hell of a game tonight uh, against Canada, playing for Switzerland. Um, Boquist, just assist machine, three so far, only through two games, uh, six shots. And Evan Barrett, oh my God, I don't know if you guys saw that goal that he scored yesterday, uh, walking off the wall to the slot, throws a backhander, just nasty. It looked like uh, Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane-esque backhander, so... Um, Rod, I know you do a little prospect coverage over at the rink. So, what, uh, what, what are we expecting from these guys in the World Juniors? Yeah. So, my specialty with them has been the CHL, USHL guys. So, um, Barrett's goal was dirty. Oh, it was beautiful. I enjoyed seeing that. Um, I think it further, you know, a lot of people were kind of questioning in college hockey because they're like, well. You know, he was buried, you know, in early on in, in his development time. And um, now he's getting first line time, but he's got great line mates with Penn State. What's he going to do kind of with other people? And he's, he's so far is proving he's, he can play well. Um, I think same thing goes for like an Ian Mitchell, again, another college guy. So uh, he's been playing well for Canada. Mackenzie Entwistle, I, I think he was a good addition for the team because um, you know, he, he's a big body. He's never afraid to go out in front. Um, there's been numerous times this year, kind of keeping an eye on the Hamilton Bulldog games up in the OHL where he's been scoring goals just cause he's standing in the blue paint. Um, he's using his big body. I think he's like at least six, three, maybe six, four, um, not afraid to go to the dirty areas. That's how he gets a lot of his goals. So good to see him capitalizing and, uh, you know, his leadership ability, he's, te- he's the team captain for the, the Hamilton Bulldogs. So I think that goes a long way and, and says something about his character. Uh, yeah, Kurashev has been an absolute machine. He's crushing it in the QMJHL this year. Um, and you know, it's, I was talking to, um, Eric Andrews, who's one of the guys over at the rink with me, uh, we were talking in, in that group chat earlier, and he said, you know, he said Kurashev looks doesn't look out of place against a, a stacked Canada team, even though he's playing for Switzerland. So uh, I think that's encouraging for Blackhawks fans going forward. I think he could be a really nice player. Yeah, Bokovist and Bokovist is just oh, he's so dirty. Is he's he is an assist machine, and um, I think it's really worth noting to to the the people that are really following the the world juniors pretty heavily, um, or even those that are not. Team Sweden is defensive heavy. Their best players, in my opinion, are by far they're on their blue line. Um, Bokvist being one of those guys, um, as well as uh, Eric Brandstrom, who actually is playing local for for us. Uh, he plays with the Chicago Wolves because he's a Vegas uh, prospect. Um, he had two goals in their win last night over Finland. Um, just two rockets from the point, both set up by Adam Boakvist. So, you know, he's Boakvist is getting big, big opportunities. He's, he's essentially a top two defenseman on that team. Um, you know, gets to play for his country. It's just encouraging seeing all those guys do what they're doing. Um, and then again, worth noting for those that maybe be out of touch a little bit with the World Juniors, Yoki Haru is also playing for Team Finland. So uh, he really hasn't tallied on the score sheet yet, but just something to keep in mind. So I'm encouraged. Uh, again, the the better that these guys play in World Juniors, which you're playing the best of the best at your age level in the world, you're not just playing guys in juniors. You know, it's it's encouraging. It makes me very hopeful about these guys that are coming through the pipeline. 
Yeah, for sure. The you know the World Juniors is a tournament that spans from the day after Christmas until about January fourth or fifth. So Hawks will still be without Yoki Haru. Um, he's going to miss the Winter Classic. Probably miss that Thursday after against the Islanders. So uh, that's where Henry Yoki Haru is. But uh, World Juniors will uh, keep posting those updates on our Twitter page and some on our Instagram as well. Um, get you some highlights of what these future Hawks are doing there. So uh, just the fact that we have so many, because there's a uh, Some of them will spend right their time getting destroyed by Team Canada. Yeah. Oh, God, the uh, Canada put up, like, was it 14 or 15 um, Poor last Denmark. night yeah, against Denmark. So that... Just absolutely least... ridiculous <laughs> levels of production. Yeah. Yes, he had... Here's my question. Here's my question. Could Team Canada, the juniors team, beat the Chicago Blackhawks right now? No way. Not a chance. It's like the could Bama beat the Browns. That always used to be the, like, yeah, in football. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, they couldn't, but, you know, you have to think that was. That was ridiculous. I saw Danny Hallstar. He's like on Twitter. He was like, uh, "Okay, if Canada gets the 15 goals, I'm gonna fill a bowl full of spaghetti sauce and put it on the microwave for five minutes with no lid because <laughs> that's, oh yeah, that's what Canada is doing to Denmark." <laughs> I rewatched that game. Well, I watched the highlights of that game this afternoon uh, from the bar, and it was just every five seconds there was another celebration. I mean, you just you take your eye off it for one minute, and then like you'd look back, and there was like two more goals up on the board, just unreal. Yeah, you know it was hard to like find any like highlights of uh, at Whistle's first goal because he scored the very last one, the fourteenth one or whatever for Canada in that game, and I think all the media outlets had just given up. They were like, "All right, this game's so out of reach. We're not even gonna post highlights from this late in it anymore." So, well, you did a good job finding me. Yeah. That, yeah, that was that goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, but it was, yeah, uh, just ridiculous. Canada's loaded, and, yeah, hopefully see a little more out of Ian Mitchell. He did have two assists in that game. Um, I liked, I don't think, I think he was quiet tonight. Uh, nothing going on against um, Switzerland tonight for him. So that that's one guy to watch because that, that's, like kind of the defenseman that you kind of look at and you're like, wow, that could be like the future, like core of our blue line. I know chief hyped him up really big on our uh, second episode when he had him on and we were just talking about prospects. He was excited about, he said that he could be future captain material. So, you know, that something to look out for. I mean, those aren't, still those aren't light Denver. words there. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah he is. So. He is wearing an a with team Canada as well. Yeah. So that's, that uh, that made me feel real old for a second there, uh, thinking about the Blackhawks' next captain post Jonathan Taves. Yeah. Well, Taser took it when he was what nineteen? Yeah. Youngest in history. Yeah, that was what two thousand and seven, two thousand eight. I believe I think so. Was his first year as captain? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy to think. So it, it, Shit, ha- if, it hasn't changed for a while. Hey, I, I'm thinking if if Evan. I know we talked about Mitchell before, but if the other candidates for that, I'm think Evan Barrett is tearing it up. Um, I know it's NCAA, but you know you see him do the stuff in the World Juniors, and if he keeps progressing at that rate, I feel like he's got a shot to be one of those mm-hmm. uh, potential nominees for captain. What about Yoki Haru? 
No. There's still some strides to be made. I don't know if the leadership's there. I feel like he's a little more of a quiet guy. Um, or it's like the, I don't know if you guys saw on the Redline Radio page that they had a video of uh, Barrett jawing at someone. I think it was uh, Penn State versus Minnesota college hockey. And he, I don't know if it was a scrap or they got coincidental minors, but he's jawing at this guy in the penalty box, and you know they're carrying it out onto the ice. So he's got some fire in his belly. So we'll love to see that from Evan Barrett. And he's it's not he's not just shit talking. He's walking the walk too. He's leading scorer, uh, I believe, twenty nine points leads all of NCAA. So exciting uh, players in the pipeline. For what sure. years he projected to be here? Uh, not next year. I think the year after. Okay. What about our dude uh, Andre Alti Barmaki? Oh yeah, he. He had a pretty ridiculous shot the other day, too. I uh, tweeted that Very one out. Panarin-esque. Russian dude with a fucking frozen rope of a shot. Yeah, honestly, I haven't heard a whole lot about him until I saw that highlight the other day. Um, if you haven't seen it, go just scroll down on our Twitter page, and it's there. Just an absolute piss missile. Piss missile. <laughs> it was. That's. A, I just. I call it like it is. It was. Um, that is excellent stuff. When you yeah. make Tyler make that noise, you know you did something right. <laughs> locker room uh, talk. Are we in the locker room talk portion of this now? No, no, no. Not yet. <laughs> speaking okay. speaking of some, uh, some, I guess, kind of locker room talk, but a little off subject. Tony, you wanted to circle back around Augustus and playing forward. Yes, absolutely. Let me hear it. So I don't know where I saw this, but I know I saw it somewhere on Twitter, I, I would assume. Uh, but somebody suggested that you use Gustafson uh, on the third line or, or fourth line as a forward. And uh, you touched on a little bit there, like, you know, possessing the puck and, and he can he can lead to a lot of turnovers and stuff, uh, you know, in in that D spot, I actually saw one today where he was on the point on the power play where where he turned it over to. I, I don't know if that's the best spot for him. The guy has so much offensive talent, um, and I can't remember if what episode it was, but I think we talked a little bit about how you know Gustafson looks like a top four D guy, um, but it's because he is offensive minded, not so much his defensive play. Um, he just seems like. He seems like he's not – well, he's, he's much more talented than a David Runblad, but um, he seems like he's one of those guys that could play either or, kind of like a utility almost. So if you needed him to step into a defensive role in the power play, you probably could put him there. But I just think that he is so much better fit for being a, a fourth-line, third-line forward guy and use that offensive ability – Rather than wasting his, you know, minutes on a third line D pair, if that's where you end up putting him, um, I just think it better suits his game. I think the transition would be easy, and I don't think that uh, I don't think he'd mind it either. So I just don't see why you can't, when Yogi Haru comes back, transition Gustafson up into uh, a forward role, and then uh, just absolutely make sure that Chris Kunitz never plays another game again for the Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the only issue with that is 
so there's there's been some some rumblings I've been reading on Twitter because that argument has been very made. A lot of people argue it is very hard to transition between the two positions. Um, a lot of people have said like the fact that Dustin Bufflin was as good at it as he was was impressive just because it's it's so rare. I you know what I think he dare I say it I think he fits Colleton's system better than he did Joel Quenville's defensively because he's been better. I mean, he hasn't been perfect, and at this point, we don't expect him to be perfect. He's a one point two million dollar a year defenseman. He's not a, you know, he's not being paid like a top two D man on this team. But you know, he he's playing better to where I, I feel like a you know a number five defenseman, a pseudo number four defenseman for him is not a terrible role, just because he's going to give you good enough defense. And I think a lot of it is who he's paired with. I think that's something fair to, to keep in mind because if you can pair him with a guy who's, again, kind of that more defensive-minded, um, you know, for the casual Hawks fan, think a Jalmerson of the past type player, you know, then he can he can be a little more aggressive offensively and use that ability more and, and kind of thrive on the blue line because I kind of enjoy the, having that firepower on the blue line. I just want him to be a little more responsible in the offensive zone, but I think he's coming around well on that just because of Carlton's system. You know, he really re- revitalized his game in Rockford last season under Colleton. So I think I think the Colleton kind of cog in this, you know, machine that is the the Gus bus um is is really starting to um really starting to show. And I'm not going to take credit for it because I did not create that. So just as a disclaimer, I've read that in other places, but <laughs> the Gus the Gus hype bus. But that's just my thought. I I think it's a valid argument, though, because, you know, you've seen guys do it in the past and, you know, it's not I'd argue it's not ideal, you know, but God forbid you need it because of injuries at forward or something. It it could be a possibility, you know. So it's I think it's if nothing else, it's at least a fun kind of thought of like, "Eh, what would that kind of look like if he ended up being a forward? Yeah, but wouldn't you rather see. Gustafson, then Chris Kunitz. I know Tyler would. Uh, yes. Oh, a hundred percent. I would. I would much rather see name X player playing currently in Rockford or in Indy. You know, bring a guy up from the ECHL if you have to to replace Chris Kunitz at this point. He, that's about what he's <laughs> worth right now. Um, you know, just transition them in a, into a coaching role and make it all sentimental and sweet. And <laughs> we love you, Chris, and your family's from Chicago, and we want you to be part of our great organization and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's just bad. He just I don't think he earns attention. that spot. You know, you look no, at guys no. like uh, like Burrish, Sharp, some of these guys that do have that type of role. I don't think Chris Kunis earns that at all. Um, in fact, if, if, he, if Chris Kunis gets the, the sweetheart deal, um, kind of like Brian Campbell did. Uh, we've got problems. I don't think that's going to happen. This is uh, one and I don't think one so and done either. with him. They, he didn't fill a you know, didn't do anything that they thought he would. Um, I mean, he barely has done anything. Like, so no way that he gets any of that. Um, but with the Gustafson thing, I I kind of agree with Ron. I feel like he's kind of fits more of that mold of a younger coach like Kaladin's defensive scheme. Um, and I look at him more of like a Brent Burns type. I mean, obviously I'm not going to make that jump. Brent Burns was a Norse winner. Um, but 
you know, just the type, the very offensive minded, the kind of skates around guys, runs a power play. Uh, those are all just characteristics that remind me of that type of player. And they, the Sharks have tried that with Burns. They did, I think, last year. They tried moving him up to a wing, and uh, it just, you know, it was only a matter of a game or two before he was back on the blue line. So that there's, there's, yeah, there's nothing wrong. I don't, I, I'm not, I don't want to come out and think that, I, you know, or say that there's something wrong with him playing defense. He he plays decent enough that he's serviceable. And there's nothing wrong with having a very offensive-minded defenseman. I just I'm curious whether or not his game would play better, um, regardless of the coaching system, uh, as a forward. I I don't know. I just thought I don't know. That's I think it'd be fun to see in some of the later throwaway games in the year. Yeah, yeah, clearly out of it, you know, and like all that. I think I I'd be up for a project, but I mean, you know, organization probably professionally won't let that happen, but. Whatever. I mean, that's kind of the equivalent of you know a pitcher or a, a position player coming into pitch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and pretty from much. From a hockey I would standpoint, say, yeah. you know. Yeah. For you Sox guys out there, is Matty Davidson better off in the bullpen than he is at first base? Uh, Matt Davidson's gone. We don't want to talk about him. I know it's very disappointing. I liked him, but anyway, yeah. No, sorry to take you down that path of sad. <laughs> Oh, we're not we're not really sad about it. Tune in to oh, Shy Sox okay. Weekly. Yeah, he had his, he 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 had his he had his trial run. So yeah, I would uh, I would I would like to be a uh, guest on that uh, next Shy Sox Weekly if you guys don't mind. <laughs> He's been pining for that guest spot, Johnny. I it's have been going been. on. I wanna... It's been going on since like June. I want to talk baseball, man. I, I don't talk enough baseball. I want to talk. I talk baseball, but it's always just with my dad. It's not on a mic and for other people to hear. <laughs> we'll get you out at some we, point. Yeah, maybe we should give you a Cubs podcast, Ron. Hmm, a little foreshadowing. A little foreshadow there. Ooh, weird. Hmm. So, so Ty, you've been real quiet. I know you just woke up before this episode, but like, I'd like you to fill like at least thirty seconds of airtime. Like, let's do a little segment here called Ty's Thoughts. Yeah, I'm a little foggy brained right now, man. Um, in terms of the Gustafson stuff, I say let's fucking try it out. I mean, what what's what are the what are the negatives that are going to come out of it? You know what I mean? It's we're not having a f- fantastic year. We're not a playoff team. I say just try it out, see what could happen. If it fails, throw them back into defense. Who cares? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel I feel lost. I haven't been able to watch a lot of games, so. I'm excited to get to this Winter Classic and get back into the mix here. So, Ty, you are you're going to the Winter Classic. What are you bringing to drink uh, pregame? The, the, the important should, questions. Yeah, the, the important yeah. questions. So, what's your I'm what's your plan? Bring, what's the plan of attack here? So, I'm going to bring a flask of Malort only. That way, my girlfriend will have to drink her things separately, so she won't touch my alcohol at all. Does she steal your alcohol on the reg? Like, does she? Is she, does. she yeah, okay. does she's been known to do this, and I've had enough of it. I've had enough of it. What? It's, what does she normally she steal from you? Like, what? If you go Malort, she won't take it. But like, no. vodka. Like, what? What does she normally steal? Anything. It's a whiskey, beer. You know, I won't touch the wine. I'm not a wine guy, but she'll drink like six bottles of that thing. She's crazy, man. But uh, what my plan is to not even tell her what's in my flask, 
and then she'll take a sip of it and then she'll just she won't touch it she'll know she'll be like fuck so what so so what she's gonna have to just find her own at that point yeah yeah she'll she'll get a backup i'll probably microwave the flask too so it's piss hot malort that way she really (laughs) won't touch it Tyler, I think that might be that might be the most Chicago uh, way you can celebrate the Winter Classic. There, piss hot, my lord, and yeah, sip it and like t- hype it up to like some Boston fans that you find tailgating, and can, then like, oh, this like this is a Chicago, Chicago delicacy. delicacy. They have to have it, and then can we get some of that on the uh, on the Twitter and Instagram, Ty? If uh, if you don't mind, um, yeah, I, I'd like I'd like you to give out some shots with some Boston fans. Uh, of some very microwaved, um, in a, like you know, like a stainless steel flask that so stays hot. Um, I want it steaming out the shot glass as they take the shot. Just you know, the facial facial expressions of Boston fans. Um, and as they take the shot, you need to just yell, "Crack them!" I'm getting yeah. I'm getting chills just thinking about that right now. And then so then Tyler, when they when they start kicking you out of the tailgate, you just gotta go like full like Peter Griffin Boston accent, be like past an act down to Chara to past an act. <laughs> just <laughs> just completely belittle them and then walk away and just be like Hawks by ninety. <laughs> How would your girlfriend feel if you were doing all that? Oh, uh, she you know what? She's so used to me fucking making a fool of myself, she does not care. She's, yeah. She just deals with it. See, you're you're a good impressionist, so we you definitely need to work on your Boston accent mm-hmm. over the like next like week before you go to the Winter Classics. So then you can really like give it to him. I'll I'll make sure to feed you some. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll go and find some videos of like because I like they did a live look in on NBC uh, uh, Sports Network tonight, and it was a live look in on Devils versus Boston. And like the the it was on the NESN feed, so it was just like the complete homers. Like sounds like everyone sounds exactly like RA from uh, Spitting Chicklets, you know, uh-huh. super heavy Boston accent. So you just gotta uh, make make fun of them for that. They, they just I think of a Boston. Have you guys ever seen the Always Sunny episode where they go back to college and Charlie tries to do like a Goodwill hunting on someone? He fucking does Matt Damon's impression, and that's that's the first thing I think of of Boston. When I think Boston, I think uh, I think The Departed. Departed, oh, it's such a good movie. Everyone dies. Top, I think like it's like a life. top three movie for me. Uh, definitely I, The Departed. So I'm big into like you know Seth MacFarlane humor. So I think Family Guy, Peter Griffin is like your stereotypical Boston numbnuts, and then also Ted because they you know Mark Wahlberg and. Yeah. And Ted is Peter Griffin's voice. There's so. another departed oh reference, God, Mark yes. Wahlberg. Is Mark Wahlberg Boston? Is he from Boston? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could do a pretty nice Mark Wahlberg. Let's see. Hey, it's me, Mark Wahlberg. If, I know you guys were just uh, celebrating the holidays, but I hope you were eating lots of Wahlberg. It's named after my last name, Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's pretty close there. Ty, I really want to find you at the Winter Classic, so I just want to watch yeah, you just happy. heckle Boston fans. Yeah. Just heckle these people. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I'm so excited. Are you guys sitting near each other? Oh, um, I, I have no idea. see on my ticks. Hold on. Yeah, give me a minute. i got to pull mine up. We're now entering the uh, the locker room talk stage of the, of the podcast. Hey, there's a, I'm full advocate for belittling Boston fans. They're so damn spoiled. 
they've you know like you you guys seen the picture of the kid that's like oh i'm 15 years old and i've been to 12 parades or something stupid like that and he has all like the Patriots oh yeah he's, yeah. Yeah. he's been alive Celtics for logos on it yeah 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 and he's at every one, so they yeah, take a new picture when they update one, and it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was, he's like, oh, I'm 16, and I've been at 12 parades. Go fuck yourself, That all right? kid should be banished to Arizona for the rest of his life. Yeah. And, like, the thing with that is, is, like, the Bruins fans will, like, you know, use, like, the Boston, like, you know, like, the backing of that, like, take the Patriots' success and, like, throw, heap that on and the Celtics and whatever – but the Bruins have won, like, what, 2011? And that was, you know, in recent times, in the salary cap era, that's the only one that they won. So, And let's yeah. be real. Who could root for a team with Brad Marchand on it? Seriously, the dude licks guys. That's... People that fold their pizza in half. Brad Marchand and Yaziel Puig should be, like, locked in a room together for you know, eternity and just let them figure out whatever they want to do with their tongues. The thing that fucking God. about Martian. <laughs> oh God. All right. I think I, the- I think I just gave Johnny his, his, uh, his video for the week. I know exactly which gifts I'm going to use. <laughs> Okay, Ty, where are you sitting? Uh, Section 28, row 50, seat 7. I am section 36. This is really ironic. I just realized this. I'm also row 36, uh, and I am seats 1, 2, and 3. Originally bought it for my buddy who's in town from out of town right now, my other buddy because his birthday is on Sunday, uh, and myself to go, but Buddy has to work on New Year's Eve from out of town, so um, my buddy's um, older sister is taking the last ticket. But yeah, um, we'll definitely have to find each other at some point. Yeah, hello. I was hoping you were going to go, wicked. you know, section 36, row 36, seat 36 uh, for the, uh, the good old trick. The Dave hat trick. Yep. That, that would have been solid. Um, I didn't even realize that the section and row were the same, to be quite honest with you. So Thought that's even pretty funny itself. You gotta so now now that we know that you're in whatever thirty six there, you gotta make like a whole like big like deal out of that you're sitting in the Dave Bolin section because we know they love Dave Bolin in Boston, twenty thirteen. Hmm, that's right. Oh, where are you sitting today, buddy? Uh, yeah, you know us, you like, know Boston wait, fans. Where, where, if you're sitting next to yeah, if you're sitting next to Boston fans, if you're sitting next to Boston fans the whole day, you yeah. just gotta be like thirty six. Now that's Dave Boland's number. You guys yeah. remember Dave Boland? I remember I Dave Boland. Love Davey Boland. Love Dave What's Davey Boland up to nowadays? You know what I'll remember Davey Boland for for the rest of my life? Scoring that fantastic goal off the post and then shedding his gloves off because your defenseman was fucking holding him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, what's Dave Boland up to? Oh, I don't know. He's probably uh, polishing his Stanley Cup ring somewhere. <laughs> Two of them. Yeah. Squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. It's uh, and it was against two of the fan bases that I hate the most: Bruins and Flyers. Ugh, and yeah. ugh. Hey, sorry, I, mean, I know John, Johnny's a Flyers. Johnny's a Flyers guy. Yeah, no, it's, I mean the the people in Philly are trash. It was more just the team because I and that was that, like I I 
I've explained myself. It was based off of Claude Giroux. I've always loved him. So this is pre gritty. This is pre gritty. Yeah, it's Claude Giroux before he was even the captain. My jersey doesn't have the captain's patch on it, and I also explained the orange is probably my favorite color because U of I. But then hockey team is orange, and Giroux just goal recently, didn't he? He's been putting on the dangles, man. I saw a fucking gif of one, and it was... Did we pretty... talk about the Tommy Hawk fight on the last podcast? <laughs> I saw that. that no, I, don't I don't think we, think we about did. It. I don't think we did. So no, Tommy Hawk beat the shit out of the guy. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> dude, that dude for sure wrestled in at least high school when so I was that's, watching. That's, I was... I, I'm actually happy that you're on tie tonight because I wanted to talk to you uh, about breaking down that fight. Um, yeah, let's. The, I'm gonna look it up on my the, phone the real Tommy quick. Tommy Hawk got into. Um, what? What do you have to do to a mascot for him to just fucking beat your ass? <laughs> I don't know. You literally. I think you literally have to literally yeah. go up to him, harass him, and then try and rip his head off. Well, and the funny part too to this whole thing is normally when you have these kind of like almost PR incidents, is that like look, look at Mr. Matt. Um, yeah. Like that went that went very poorly, um, even though he was being harassed and he did that. The way that the Blackhawks handled this by not even acknowledging that the that it happened is just incredible to me. Because normally in this situation, this would be like a, a national media crisis. We wouldn't see Tommy Hawk for like three weeks after it. Like he would just be gone. The Hawks just let this. They just let this roll. I'm it, glad it was, they did. And it's awesome now. So I want to break down this fight in detail. Yeah. And I think we have we have the expert here in-house okay. to do it. I'm watching it. And, uh, Johnny, later on you can just uh, dub the video to this while I'm watching it. Yeah, I can do that. So let me uh, let me get this pulled up on here. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for this live commentary. Hold on. Just had it. I wish I wish we had Ty's video on too, so we could see his facial reactions as he's watching this. There's like a ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, that was a good one. I, oh, that could have I, been want, I also want to know if if Ty would be able to take Tommy Hawk in this fight. I would fucking kill him. I would. Oh, God. <laughs> Entering right. the ring, in the blue corner. Tommy Longfellow the, Jones. Longfellow Jones. I think I have to change my name to Longfellow now from In that the red corner. Tommy Hawk. <laughs> he's, in a, he's in for a world of hurt. I like how you put him in the red corner, too. Yeah, I mean, like, he'd have to be in the red corner, wouldn't he? Color coordination. All right, so I'm watching it here. And this is just the tweet, by the way. So I don't know. Is was there one that like had the entire fight in it? Is a Snapchat? That's what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, no, that's the only video. It's just one okay. kid that took it, so that's the only footage. So it looks like we start off here, and Tommy Hawk is almost like behind him, and he grabs this individual. This is a this is the same blue. This is a Blues fan, right? This is another Hawks fan. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not wearing anything team affiliated, so uh, okay. can't confirm what he is. This guy we'll went call. here to fight Tommy yeah. Hawk. Like that was we'll his sole goal. Cannot yeah. confirm nor deny. Oh, just dropped my phone. All right. Here. So, I'm going to get into some nitty gritty here. 
Tommy Hawk grabs double underhooks, which in wrestling is the most dominant position you can possibly grab. And he gets behind him. And stupid fucking blues fan does the cardinal mistake of reaching back. You never reach back. You should never do that. And that's why Tommy Hawk fucking lifts and floats him through the air, puts him on his ass, gets on top of him, lands a couple one-two cutie pies, and then uh, works his way back up. Struggling. Good sprawl by Tommy Hawk. Nice. Got a lot of pressure on him. And then he pushes him in the fucking garbage can, and the security <laughs> at the Blackhawk store do nothing about it. <laughs> they just <laughs> run away. <laughs> oh, I've just, I've just enjoyed every single second of that. What would the oh, judge? What would the, the judges judge score that? Now. Score that? That little sprawl right there. That's a ten-eight round for Tommy Hawk, pal. There we go. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. Tommy, oh, Hawk should, right. so, Tommy Hawk should get into more fights. I think yeah, so. That's, I think right. so I'm big, just but... going to get into that because now that we know Tommy Hawk has some grit to him, before he was just kind of the fun-loving, um, you know, whatever, he'll bang the drum in your ear. But, you know, other than that, no physical altercations. This is the first time we've seen him scrap. He definitely, you know, Gritty's <laughs> all over the ice when he's when he's uh, at Flyers promotions, just decking goaltenders and whatever. Throwing Dude, he's taking out fucking people. Santa Claus. Yeah, throwing wreaths throwing wreaths at people so we need a tommy versus gritty uh fight that needs to happen i like it i would really like to get the reputation that if you come to the uc and you disrespect our mascot he will beat the shit out of you and no charges (laughs) will be pressed i want that to be our reputation yeah i think that's perfect it fits chicago very well yeah, you got to sign a waiver before you walk in. It should be on the back, it should be on the back of the ticket stub. If you disrespect Tommy Hawk, he'll beat your fucking ass. <laughs> and then there should be a picture of that guy getting thrown into the garbage can by Tommy Hawk. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know they have that like at baseball games or even the hockey games, like uh, you know, a puck may come out of the out of the stands. You know, you're yeah. at your own risk. You're at your own risk of our mascot as well. Yeah. Ass if you're, being a, sh- if you're being a shithead, he's gonna beat your ass. I'd like to see him go pick fights with Panther uh, with uh, Trashville fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, just walk up to like Predators fans and and fuck with them till they, you know, want a fisticuffs with them, and then Tommy Hawk beats them down. I think that would be great. Instead of that stupid ass kiss cam, it could be the Tommy Hawk fight cam. And yes. Tommy Hawk could just beat down Predators fans. Mm-hmm. Here's a yes. Fucking hire me to be Tommy Hawk, and I will hand out some real beatings to some <laughs> opposition fans there. Pay me 60 grand a year. I'm not asking for much. <laughs> Fuck. I know people. John McDonough's definitely listening to this. I have never been oh. more on board with an idea before in my entire life. <laughs> I would well, go to games just to follow you around, Ty, to watch you just RKO people the entire yeah. game. So That's Four Feathers point. podcast just went off the rails. Um, I don't know if anybody noticed that. We went from prospect talk, um, very informative, to hiring Four Feathers' own Tyler Jones to be Tommy Hawk so he can <laughs> beat the ass out of – or beat the piss out of uh, Panthers fans, Nashville fans, any other fans, St. Louis Blues fans, whoever – um, yeah, we're off the rails at this point. 
Yeah, well, you, that's what you signed up for. You signed up for Blackhawks analysis updates. We already gave you both of those, so now we're coming with the hot takes. That's you true. asked and hot takes. Thoughts. Tyler as Tommy Hawk beating the shit out of people who get rowdy at the game would be an improvement for the Blackhawks organization. Can he go to the suites? I think so. I think that'd be hilarious too. Tommy, Tommy has to have like full building access because if he needs to get in different spots at different times for whatever they have, like t-shirt like drops or for, um, you know, he like moves around and like bangs the drum for the let's go Hawks chant. So he needs to be able to maneuver quickly. I gotta feel like he's he has a full building access pass. I feel like they should run this like you know, kind of like you know, they do these commercials for the guys where they're working out. You know, the one goal commercials. Oh yeah. They should they should start this thing where Tommy Hawk starts working out in some of these commercials, and then <laughs> next year, I want to see a fully jacked Tommy Hawk. Yeah. Like his arms look a yeah, little like this, weak right now, but like next he's year, like busting through his, the sweater. Yes, like he should be busting through the sweater with a six pack. He should look like the Hulk. And then next year, Tommy Hawk just walks around. He's just the most ripped, yoked-ass motherfucker walking through the UC, and nobody wants to mess with that guy. Is Tommy Hawk the best enforcer on the Blackhawks right now? I think so. I think so. He gets pucks to the net. Gets pucks deep. <laughs> he gets pucks deep. Get, 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 gets pucks deep. You know, we're just doing good tonight, boys. We just got to get pucks deep and, you know, you get pucks deep and get pucks deep and get pucks deep, 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 deep. Drop the base. Yeah, we're going to have to remix that. So if Tommy Hawk scrapped with, hmm, I'm trying to think of a good, I'm trying to think of a good opponent for Tommy Hawk. Martinson. Well, let's, let's, I was going to uh, go Brandon it, Manning, is maybe. Tommy Hawk or is it? Is it me in a Tommy Hawk costume? No, current current Tommy Hawk. Okay, all right. Um, I don't know. Duncan Keith kind of shows the most fire out of anybody. I think Tommy Hawk could take Duncan Keith. Yeah, I'd be I'd be afraid that Tommy Hawk would break Duncan Keith. Yeah, Ty, what's your analysis on that one? Yeah, I think uh, unless <laughs> unless uh, Keith is coming at him and seeing the back of his jersey against the glass. Then uh, I'm going with Tommy Hawk. I think Tommy Hawk's got it. Could you imagine a wakey wakey Tommy? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, here's here's my only my uh, my reservation on the unanimous Tommy victory. If you guys haven't noticed, just in the time watching Duncan Keith, for the most part, he keeps it together and just plays his game. But when he gets mad he has a psycho mode that i was he gonna say to. he's a psychopath he has a psycho mode and it is like scary like he was head i was at a game 2011 i remember this playing vancouver and he is absolutely head hunting dirty play absolutely dirty hits i think it was daniel or no uh henrik sedin no it was daniel yeah daniel sedin just throws a flying elbow at him because of some cheap like slash that they'd given him earlier in the game and it was like blatant. He got suspended four or five games or something like that. But like, but like that's all I'm saying is when he has like those, you know. And then again, of course, the uh, Seabrook railing back is, and then he goes over and talks shit. You know, wakey wakey back is. He's just gotta. And then you saw it even this season against Nashville. He got crunched, clean check, but then he just goes and absolutely goes after all of the Predators' fourth line by himself. Shit, the Brinkett had to step in so. Uh, Duncan Keith psycho mode. That might be a challenge for Tommy Hawk. 
Very interesting take there, Johnny. But uh, I do agree. All right. We are getting to the end of this. Um, one game before that Winter Classic that we were talking about, uh, Saturday at Colorado. Tuesday, next Tuesday, the 1st of 2019, is the Winter Classic at Notre Dame Stadium versus the Boston Bruins. Both Ron Luce, Tyler Jones will be in the house. Um, check both our Twitter and our Instagram page. We'll have uh, plenty of pictures, videos, all that good stuff. Hopefully, Tyler making some Boston fans drink some Malort. Um, we'll bring you the content from that. we get get you behind the scenes of what's going on there. Hey, Ty, if this doesn't happen, you're fired. <laughs> also, check our personal Twitters. Um, I'm sure Ty and I will both have some stuff on those as well. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll retweet it from the Four Feathers too. So we'll 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 spread the word. We'll get it out there. Um, spread it wide. Yep. So with next week being kind of Locker busy, those talks. guys gone away on Tuesday for the Winter Classic. Um, not sure if we'll be able to get an episode in um, by the next game. That's after that. So after the Winter Classic, the Hawks travel to New York, take on the Islanders, uh, 6.30 next Thursday night. So um, the John Tavares-less Islanders, but they are, I will give them credit, they have been playing uh, better than expected so far this season. So um, hopefully no Winter Classic hangover for the Hawks there. Uh, Really quick, I know this is probably shameful, but I just want to do a plug real quick. This Saturday... I will be doing a live podcast for the UFC fights. It's the biggest card of the year, the last card of the year. So if you're in MMA, tune into that. I'll be probably pissed drunk commentating on the fights. So I just tell them where to find it, Ty. Um, it'll probably be live on YouTube. I'm trying these new things out. But regardless, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be directing from there. Um, Google Analytical Apes. And uh, yeah, be a good time. Nothing wrong with the little plug there. All right. Yeah. So you like fights. We were just talking about a bunch of fights. Uh, get more analysis like you just heard on that Tommy uh, Hawk fight from Ty on Saturday night. Be good you stuff. Gotta, you got to mix that with the actual video. We gotta Maybe I'll make an actual breakdown with arrows and whatnot. You should. <laughs> I should. I'll, I see, should. I'll see what comes, comes to light in post-production. I think we're going to have to make two for this one. One on the Boston fans and then two on Tommy Hawk breakdown. So. <laughs> And Yasiel Puig and uh, Brad Marchand. Yeah, that'll go in the Boston one. That'll go in the Boston one. <laughs> All right, guys, you guys got anything? Right. Have anything else here? Uh, watch the World Juniors. Uh, a lot of exciting young Blackhawks uh, prospects playing there. Um, Adam Boquist, Evan Barrett would be my two big ones, and uh, Ian Mitchell. So that is all I got. You guys. Ron, Ty, sneaky, sneaky World Juniors guy to watch, Phil Kurashev. Um, I don't think he gets enough publicity just because I don't think the QMJHL in general does a ton of retweeting in same light of like the WHL and the OHL. Um, so keep it, keep an eye on Phil Kurashev. I think he's wearing number twenty three for Switzerland. Um, this is a guy that he's overaged. Uh, I think he's already twenty, or he will be twenty very soon. So look for him, if not in Rockford next year, to possibly be a dark horse candidate to make the Hawks next season. All right, Ron. Thank you very much for that update. Um, I'm ready to go kill some EASHL right now. Um, Same. 
Yeah, I think let's go I Hawks, boys. Me. Yeah, let's go Hawks. Beat the Bruins. Winter Classic. Big stage. I know people like to bitch about how we've uh, been in so many outdoor games, but I was looking at a breakdown of the roster. Outside the core guys, this is going to be the first game for a lot of them. Strom, Dabrinkit, Perlini, uh, you name it, Gustafson, all those guys. So, Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Johnny, maybe you and I can uh, put something together uh, during that game. More on that yeah, to come. for sure. Um, all right, that's all we got this week. That was episode 13 of the Four Feathers podcast. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Hawks. Hawks.